0: to the broadcast basement on demand radio network
1: it's the podcast in the broadcast basement
0: broadcast sax fans welcome back to hot takes and heaters uh, he is danny miller uh, I am Nick Mirowski. Uh, This is your MLB centric podcast for future socks. Uh, thank you so much for joining us. Jump in uh, spring training uh, on its way here. Cactus league action uh, going on uh, games just about every day here uh, leading up uh, to opening day later in March. Danny, uh, you catching some spring training action
1: uh, as much as I can take in at the moment. I, uh, you know, I'm a busy man and, uh, I would like to, uh, well, you know what? I saw some, but I do have a, a, a grievance yeah. to kind of file. It's the same grievance that I have to file year in and year out at this time of the year. And, uh, you know, I, that grievance comes with a question, but what on earth is on TV in the middle of the afternoon on a weekend that we can't get more televised games?
0: That's an excellent question. Uh, (laughs) It's a question. um, I think maybe four or five televised games uh, this spring could be more uh, on the radio. Uh, And then if you've got, you know, the MLB network, uh, like today, they they had the Dodgers socks game on and and that was a free game and you get it on the app and, and then there's other little ways here and there. Um, You know, if you, if you, if you're a season ticket holder, you should get the, you know, MLB TV for free. So you're listening to all audio and it's not necessarily socks audio. Uh, You you get a lot of the away feed and, but I hear you, man, especially on the weekends. Uh, There's nothing like just a lazy Sunday afternoon catching some cactus league action. I, is it, is it just a perceived lack of interest? Do you think from fans?
1: I, you know, I honestly have been asking this question for years. Uh, I think Ian and I have talked about it, you know, in years past, going back to the uh, White Sox daily and the dugout days uh, that, you know, we've been together for a few years and, and all these years I asked the same question and we never really come up with a good answer. Uh, you know, I, I I wonder, I implore our listeners to uh, you know send me something hit me up in the chat hit me up on Twitter because I still refuse to call it X Uh, (laughs) uh, you know give me something because I don't really think I've heard a great explanation on why this is especially when you know the owner of our favorite baseball team also has a piece of the media company that distributes his games and uh, I don't understand why we're not getting more of it.
0: It's got to be an advertising thing. Uh, there's some. There's got to be a, a dollars and cents uh, reason. Um, now during the week, I get it. That might be a, a, a tough listen. Now do a uh, do an encore though. You know, like they they usually do for a day socks game during the regular season. You know, put put something on in the evening. You know, everybody's home from work. Whatever. Uh, And you can catch up on what's been happening uh, because now it's like, you know, you you get some video and and sure, it's a lot easier with social media to kind of tune in uh, with what's been going on. And it's early still, uh, but as things ramp up and we start getting a a better picture of who's going to be on this White Sox team, I I think you're going to want to watch. Now there were some weekend games uh, while Friday was, it kicked it off against the Cubs, and then there was a game on Saturday. Did you catch that? That was uh, a bits and pieces Saturday. of it. Okay,
1: I did catch bits and pieces. Uh, unfortunately, uh, Saturday was a pretty busy day again for me. Uh, you know, just a lot going on here at the Miller household uh, as of late. Which you know, getting caught up on some things and uh, getting some things in order, and you know, hopefully over the next few weeks there, things will start to slow down. Actually. I think i've mentioned it before on the show but uh, i will be out of work shortly and then uh shortly after that i'll be having some knee surgery so i'm gonna have a lot of time on my hands and uh white Sox baseball you guys better look out if you're listening to the show right now live or if you're listening on our podcast later uh the danny miller is going to have a lot of time on his hands and might bombard the world with some uh just off-the-wall, crazy, white Sox content. So, you know, when I've got the time to do that, I definitely will.
0: I envision just soon, just, you know, uh, you (laughs) sitting in an armchair, just several lung darts, uh, one after another, watching maybe some tough uh, early April baseball, perhaps.
1: Yeah. uh, You know, I'm kind of hoping that that early April baseball – is not going to be the tough part of the season i think you know this is this is when uh we're looking at this new defensive culture that the white Sox are putting together right and and you and i have talked about this a little bit in the past as well as with ian but uh, i think there might be a run where we get maybe a couple of decent months out of this team that uh it it currently is it's constructed where you know maybe maybe it's not right off the bat but some of these guys just come out and they, they play good defense and they hold some teams to, you know, low scoring affairs. And maybe we get a handful of wins out of this stuff. We might have some entertaining baseball to watch. But I think it's when we get into the dog days a little bit is when we start to see that kind of come back down. I think uh, the White Sox are going to be you know trade partners come the middle of the season.
0: Yeah, I wanted to talk a little bit more about that because uh, that that you know there's different camps that I've kind of paid attention to in terms of fans and on social media, e- even folks that I've talked to, talked to friends, family, Socks fans and we're we're making these kind of arguments you know, you know make it for you make it against in terms of the projections that have been made by the prognosticators the experts <laughs> out there that know it the all and have, and have laid it down uh, so right now as we record Sox are one and four in Cactus League play and you didn't miss too much Danny over the weekend uh, it didn't start well some sloppy defense uh, some little things that you, you hopefully get get figured out quickly uh especially by veterans and i you know I, I don't know how much stock you want to put into the whole martin maldonado uh you know he wasn't fully hustling out of the box and uh, he, he had to make a whole apology in front of his team you know pedro with a bunch of, of comments after that uh Look, I know Pedro wants to start things fresh. I mean, he doesn't want anything from last year hanging around, how he handled himself, how he did things, what he said. Uh, But, you know, I'm not too concerned if if a 37-year-old, if that's what he is, who's probably number one depth chart right now in terms of catcher, is not sprinting out of the box. I think Sox were down seven runs in the first game of the spring training. I, I don't know your thoughts. No, I think you actually hit it pretty much right on the head there. Uh, You know, he
1: is an older catcher. Uh, I think he was a guy that's kind of brought into, you know, I hate to use that word again, but to, you know, bring the culture of this team along because he has been one of those guys that uh, has been a a clubhouse presence for some other teams, right? Uh, Not busting it down the line at his age and being – thought of as probably the number one starter on the depth chart. I don't really mind that because you, again, we've got to get as many miles as we can out of a 37 year old who's had some knee and back problems in the past. You know, i uh, can I remind you of Yasmani Grandel recently? Uh, we don't need guys missing time, right? So I get that you're trying to set the stage for, you know, what's to come in the, in the season. And you're trying to get some of these young kids that you're going to bring along to, you know, fall in the step with with the new culture and in the, the new brand of what Pedro was trying to establish last year and didn't seem to get that going. But I mean, let's be realistic here. You know, it is the first, second game. Uh, I don't care if you're opening your spring training against the Cubs. You know, if we're going to talk about, like, you know, the first game of spring training is the White Sox World Series, well, you know, forget about it. Like, that's not the kind of culture that I want to instill. You know what I mean? Let's get some things rolling in the right direction, but let's not get ourselves injured and hurt, and, and especially in games where it's late in the game and you're down a bunch. Who I don't really care.
0: Yeah, I think I could. I think Pedro's trying to make up a little bit for his lack of control. Last year, and things got off the rails. He didn't know how to get them back on, and he started <laughs> throwing Corey Lee and Oscar Colos under the bus instead of probably other guys that he should have that you know have a little bit more veteran presence. So I don't know if he was making a you know point to to call Martin Maldonado out right away to kind of you, you know set things right. I don't know set some sort of tone. I, Whatever. If that's what he wants to do, that's what he wants to do. Um, but, you know, you talk about maybe some some exciting baseball in April. And, you know, we for several years have heard from the experts, the Sox have got it, you know, especially on paper. Watch out for this team, uh, potentially ALCS, maybe World Series. And, of course, I'm going a couple years back now. And, and the Sox didn't hit those measures. Uh, they fell well short. You don't say. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I figured you'd fire up a heater at this point. but I, uh, There you
1: go. <laughs> All right. I mean, the yeah. show is called Hot Takes I'm and getting Heaters. Getting I'm just going to go better. ahead
0: and let one rip. I'm getting to know you better. So with, <laughs> with, a, with a negative spin on the 2024 White Sox right now and, and everybody down on them uh, that, makes, that makes the expert predictions, could there be an opposite effect of that people underestimate what maybe this team could do uh, now that uh, there perhaps is a different culture. Now, there are guys that are fighting for their baseball careers, you know, in this White Sox camp. Like this could be their last run. It could be a a pretty spirited, energetic uh, spring training for them because they know what's at stake. You know, there are some jobs that can be won. You know, not everything's a foregone conclusion uh, with this roster. And that's exciting to me, which is why you kind of want to watch and pay attention a little bit. It's not just, "Hey, there's there's not much going on with this team. Everything's been figured out." That's not the case with this White Sox club. You know, there's a lot of different positions, especially uh, in the bullpen, and with guys like Jesse Schulten's going down with Tommy John. You know, we're trying to figure out new arms almost every day of who can be where. Do you think that energy? That type of spirit, that fight, can that continue into the regular season? Or do you feel, I made it? I'm on the club. Like I'm a made man. I can, I can take the foot off the gas a little bit. And so that grittiness, that energy of, you know, you're fighting, you're fighting, you're, you're, you're giving it absolutely everything. It's the Hans or Alberto effect. It kind of dies off once the season starts because you rest a little bit.
1: Yeah, I don't know. I uh, I think, it, well, I think that kind of plays into what we were just talking about with Martin Maldonado and Pedro, kind of going in and saying things, you know, like you need to apologize to your teammates and 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 go out in the media and, and you know, kind of uh, expressing some displeasure with that type of mentality. And I think he was trying to send the message of, you know, I don't care if you're a veteran or not. I'm going to hold you accountable. And maybe that kind of shows some of the rest of these guys that they're going to be held accountable. But then, you know, just to go on more with, with your point there and, and the question, I think as we get into the season, I think that's exactly what they're trying to avoid, right? I think they're trying to kind of set this tone and keep that tone for as long as possible. Now, you know, <laughs> the prognosticators that you bring up, mm-hmm and the so-called experts and you know I I feel like you don't really need to be an expert to know that this team is not going to be some you know massive juggernaut in the AL Central like it was once thought you know in recent years. Uh, I don't know how easy or how difficult I should say maybe it is going to be to maintain that kind of you know, process and that, and that, and that mentality of going out and fighting to play every day when you just can't seem to win, you know, Steve stone. And I'm sure we're going to get into this a little bit yeah, or, you know, but Steve can, stone yeah. made the prediction the other day that uh, the Sox, I think it was like the third inning, third or fourth inning of the game on, was it Saturday or it Sunday? Early. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, the Sox are going to win 10 more games than last year. Right. Which, you know, fine. Fantastic. Uh it still doesn't really put big numbers on the board in the W column. I I find that Pedro's going to find it difficult to keep the the team amped up when you're going through those kinds of struggles.
0: Yeah. I, I, you know, that was, that was early. That was an early call by stone and he was kind of referencing the defense, you know, things have changed. Uh, They've, you know, you know, come out and got young and Lopez and they're trying to get a better up the middle and, uh there was a lot of references to culture and how things are trying to change and pedro has learned from his ways are going to be doing this doing that and stone flat out said you know i, I expect you know a, a 10 win uh 10 wins better this year which would put it at, at 71. Uh, again nothing to write home uh nothing to get excited about at all and in this type of year you know if you're a, more of the mindset as a fan of numbers don't really matter, records don't matter too much. You know, this is a placeholder year. You know, this is to watch development, you know, see if guys can figure it out that might be on this team uh, moving forward. We're keeping all eyes on Ramos and Montgomery. What's Nestrini got? Leisure, Caro, you know, th- there's others and so if that's your that's your mindset as a as a Sox fan who cares if they've got 71 wins i honestly if they've got 65 wins but there's been some development and there's been you know you could see that there's some there's some change and something is clicked that wasn't there last year now you got a few guys several guys that are Either this is this could be their last hurrah on their contract with the socks, or they're on a one year deal. So that, that's the other flip of that. Of you could have some great chemistry. Maybe they bring them back, but then you're then then you're kind of putting a stop on guys like Ramos and Montgomery. So what does seventy one wins really get you? I mean. It, if it's bad baseball and you get to 71 somehow because you outslug the opponent a few games, you know, during the season, are you going to feel any better? I think from my perspective as a, as a Sox fan, I just want to see a completely better brand of baseball. You know, I, I don't want to see sloppy play complacency, you know, just lethargic apathy, just like they almost don't care. Uh, the hustling that I have seen down to first, I mean, Kola's busting it. Robert's been busting it. I mean, that stuff's fun right now because we didn't see it. Can it carry through the whole spring and into the season? That goes to your point of, is there a drop-off point? You know, <laughs> is there a, okay, you hit your high water mark. you know, uh, 2024 socks, You know, you, you, you bonded. Everybody's got the energy, but. You know, at the end of the day, it's like, well, the talent kind of you know show, shows and speaks. Uh, eventually, of course, when you get to the dog days of summer,
1: right? Yeah, I, no, I agreed, one hundred percent. I mean, we've been talking about this pretty much all spring. Uh, just being able to see some entertaining baseball in the fact of you know we're not really looking for Ws, right? Because we know we're not going to see we're not going to see ninety to a hundred wins. We're probably looking more at uh you know individual performances. You know, we're looking for some seasons out of some guys that haven't had one in a while. Uh, you know, and and, and I don't want to throw out guys like Yohan Mancada or you know, Aloy, who guys who are 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 looking at you're gonna be short-lived here. Unless they have monster breakout seasons, I don't see the White Sox resigning some of these guys so you know they're going to want big contracts but you know luis robert jr i want to see him have that big year maybe if Eloy does have you know he came out and predicted it's got to be about a month ago now that he was going to hit 40 bombs right if if he does that i mean is he a viable dh and do we maybe want to sign him I you know those types of things I, I'm down to see but I really don't well, that, expect that's, a lot that's interesting
0: I mean that, that's really interesting uh if you're going forward and you're gonna you know everybody's on board he's on board everybody that hey I'm gonna be the DH he is uh I, I don't want to say he's white hot right now okay we're we're only oh, five fantastic games start in, but <laughs> five for eight a pair of doubles four RBIs seven total bases I mean, he's hitting the ball on the screws. Uh, he ha- he blasted one uh, to deep, I think, right center, I believe, against the Dodgers uh, this afternoon. And he's been looking good and comfortable at the plate. So, uh, again, it's early, but with all eyes on guys like him, with I want to play 150 with Robert and Mancata. Basically, I want all three of us to play in 95% of the games or whatever that would be. Um, and for him to be kind of swinging the bat like this, we're all just holding our breath, you know, stay healthy, stay healthy, stay healthy at this point.
1: Yeah. Uh, a hundred percent. I mean, health is always going to be something that, you know, we're going to be keeping a, a, an eye on, you know, unfortunately we don't have. The, uh, the years and years and years where the, where the White Sox were one of the luckiest organizations health-wise. It's, it's kind of gone exactly the opposite since uh, our friend Herm Schneider left the organization. Uh, I mean, you would think that guy was some kind of shaman doing, you know... <laughs> You know he he was in the he was in the clubhouse like uh you know uh Pedro Serrano with his yep. you know chickens and and hats for bats and what and he always you know Danny I mean? had the <laughs>
0: largest towel known to man always draped around his shoulder it was it was like a double beach towel um just in case I need a huge oh, I'm towel sure
1: he for... had that thing it, it, that towel was probably laced with uh you know essential oils and uh i don't know, sage and all kinds of other stuff to keep the demons away you know what i mean because as soon as he was gone man it was like night and
0: day yeah <laughs> yeah well i mean th- th- there's a th- that changes whatever type of program that they had with the white sacks that that has changed it sounds like they finally kind of caught with up with maybe the rest of the league of uh, sacks bringing in a, a Dietitian and, and someone for mental health as well to, to work with uh, players and staff, all things that, you know, the Sox have just been late to the game on. Uh, they've been late to the game on a lot of things. And so ho- hopefully things are going in a different direction. You know, I don't know how much uh, credit you give to, to gets and, and others, but that that's new. We haven't seen that type of stuff. And if that continues, it's this is going to take some time. That, that's why, uh, you know, for us to bounce back and think, well, the socks, even though it's the AL Central, going to get right back in it in 2024. There was a lot of, I think, vetting and and figuring out. Even though Reinsdorf, you know, with his big comments of, well, we're going to bring Chris Getz in because he knows the organization, he won't have to go through. You know uh you know this process of checking in on everything if you bring somebody from the outside organization they're going to have to do their due diligence or we're already a year behind uh, if you bring in somebody experienced that ha- that knows how to do this job they know well they know exactly where to go uh with growing edges with problem areas with success areas who to talk to i you know chris gets is drinking from a fire hose so this is going to be a yeah, process no even though he's been with the organization it's going to take some time uh, it seems like they're they're really trying to i don't want to say redo but reimagine the guts of the organization and and that trickle down uh is going to be a process. Uh want to talk about a guy uh from today's game, uh Danny. I, I watched most of this game, uh Dodgers White Sox. Uh of course uh, Shohei Otani's debut with the Dodgers. They threw that up on uh MLB TV and uh, my guy, uh, Garrett crochet on the Hill. And, and this is a guy we all talked about a couple weeks ago. And I think everybody's kind of scratching their head of a starter. Really? Are they really giving this guy an opportunity to be in the rotation? And, you know, the fact that it's being talked about, I think, well, they've obviously done some of their homework during the off season. They know what kind of buildup he has done, but, uh, he is new to this terribly new to this, but, Boy, he looked good today, Danny. I don't know if you heard anything about that.
1: Yeah, no. I, You know, I, I was unfortunately at work for the better part of that game. Uh, actually, for I think it, for all of it. I don't even think I was out of work by the time it ended. But, uh, you know, I tried to kind of keep up with it. I, I was outside for a lot of the day, so I couldn't get any kind of radio broadcast or anything. I'm not even sure if it was broadcast, ESPN 1000. But, uh, you know, my phone was buzzing a lot. I've got my, uh, my Twitter uh, notifications turned on. You got a crochet on.
0: notification?
1: Well, you know, all my Twitter notifications. And I <laughs> did see, I mean, the first thing I saw was that Garrett Crochet strikes out Shoei Otani in the first inning with a 100-mile-an-hour heater. Yep. And <clears throat> I got to tell you, <clears throat> excuse me, a little dry. Uh, I got to tell you that, uh, <laughs> yeah, my humor, too, sometimes. Uh to see that he hit triple digits in his first in the first inning in his first start in a White Sox uniform. Now, you know, some folks will say, well, it doesn't really count because it's spring training. It's not his first start, but you know, let's be honest. He comes out in the first inning and he faces three of the toughest hitters in baseball right off the bat. But the strikeout, Garrett Crochet, and he's up to triple digits again, which yeah. we have talked about ad nauseum since last year you and i talked about it with ian when we had you on our show mm-hmm. uh when it was white Sox daily i think uh you i Ian, in uh you, wow that was terrible you two, ian right. myself and your partner on good guys talk back i believe also talked about this uh, the fact that he was not able to hit you know anything higher than 96 miles an hour 95 96 we just and he throws it straight as an arrow. He's just throwing darts up there that he's getting teed off on. Now we've got a a Garrett Crochet that's hitting triple digits again, and he's got himself another out pitch. And when you're hitting triple digits, that just makes his his changeup and his off-speed stuff that much better.
0: Yeah, he was uh, not just throwing today. He he was pitching, uh, which is what I I like to see. The velocity obviously there, which is exciting, Uh, that brings him – back to that dangerous element that he had when we first saw him uh, years ago in 2020 Uh, but he pitched in effectively to those lefties he was not afraid to go in Uh, he got a couple of those guys you know he sawed him off pretty much uh without breaking a bat a little jam shop dribblers in the middle of the infield that were gobbled up by i think de young or lopez uh, and then he rode the elevator, which I like to talk about as, as, as a former pitcher way back when in high school and some college. You're mixing up the eye level, okay? That, that's what we've had problems with certain guys like even Kopech, um, and and Giolito at times where, where you're, you could throw hard, and, and there is a confidence maybe. Uh, you're just not able to hit spots, move it around, and you're just pumping it in. You got no chance. You absolutely have no chance. They'll sit on that no matter how hard you throw. Garrett Crochet was up and down today, which I love. You know, he was playing like above the hands. He was going down low in the strike zone. Again, he was uh, an inning in two-thirds, so it wasn't an advanced start by any means, but which was expected. I thought he was only going to go an inning, uh, but I like to see that. You know, I, I think he's he's definitely purposefully working on something. Whatever he was working on, uh, I think he was achieving it because there was success and just to take that away from today's game, it was a frustrating game, but you're, you know, uh, it's the Dodgers. I think they're five and O now uh, in spring training to take that away. That was exciting.
1: Yeah. A hundred percent agreed. And you know, the thing about the only real question I have about Garrett crochet being a starter. Now that I see he's got that velocity back up and, you know, that velocity was a big question for me coming into this season. But now that it's there, I only have one question that remains, and it, that is how many innings can you expect to get out of a guy who went through Tommy John surgery and it only pitched out of a bullpen roll? How much you know stretching out has he gotten? You know He could have been working out all offseason. That's fine. That's fantastic. But when we're talking about getting up to game speed and being out there on an on a actual baseball diamond, you know, you, as a former pitcher yourself, and I, as a as a former pitcher myself, know all well and fine that things are different when you've got a, an MLB batter in the box and you're being asked to go, you know, minimum. I, I, these days, I feel like it's minimum five innings. You know, it, it used to be you want to get six or seven, maybe even eight out of your starter. But we're going back a ways, you know, to get up to that point. But How many innings do you feel like you can get out of gear crochet as a starter and not, you know, have him run into a wall? Like Ian says in the comments here, 75 to 100 is where they run into a wall unless their name is Justin Verlander. So, yeah, I mean, you know, I, I don't know what to expect. I don't know if he's going to start the season in the rotation or if they move him into the rotation later. I'm not sure what the plan is there, but, you know, it's been talked about a lot that he's been working and
0: that is the that is difficult um for a guy like Eric crochet uh you you know quietly um which it might be talked about later in the season that there is a limit on him you'd have to imagine they did it with kopek you know after he came back uh you know from his injury he's going to have dead arm periods he's going to have endurance issues i mean Uh, pitchers talked about it last year, you know, with the new rules in place, veteran pitchers like, Whoa, I, I, you know, it, it's going to take me a while to get, uh, you know, acclimated to the speed of the game. And for a guy like Garrett Crochet that hasn't been in that role, he's going to have that going on. Plus he's going to have kind of just getting his body used to that, you know, uh, the, the pacing and, and then there's the velocity question of, you know, is he just jacked right now? Emotion a, a and he's running on adrenaline. It was against the Dodgers. And is he going to come down from that? How is he going to feel health wise, you know, after logging some of these innings as spring training goes on? I mean, there's a lot to factor in. So, yeah, I mean, it's kind of an overreaction to already start drooling and thinking of him, you know, in the rotation for sure. I just like what I saw. So- I like what I saw from him and what he was trying to do and just that snapshot you know um it's hard not to jewel though it's hard not to yeah absolutely because I think for him too how how great is that for the confidence right you know he he gets to walk away from this and you know he's going to reflect on this you know tonight tomorrow he's like wow I went toe-to-toe with one of the greatest baseball players right now granted his first game and everything but show hit a home run okay You know, he does, there's no rust on Otani. He's, he's, he's a super freak. He's unbelievable, you know, but crochet crochet should take away some confidence. Like, and I think Graffold got him out when he got him out to leave that good taste in his mouth of, Hey, this was, this was a good outing for you, kid. You know, this is something to build on. And you know, this game is so mental that that's, that's helpful moving forward. Yeah.
1: 100%. You know, leave him on a high note. Leave him feeling good about himself, and you know, like I said earlier on, to go out there and and face maybe the most pow- the most potent lineup in Major League Baseball right now, and to, to face three of the best hitters in baseball back to back to back in the first inning, uh, and come out of that unscathed for the most part, uh, I'd say it's pretty, pretty fantastic. You're you're going to leave on a high note. Uh, and I think that just does nothing but boost his confidence. But yeah, you know, just going back to you saying, you know, drooling over, uh, you know, results this early on, I I get that. I get that it's it's not something we want to do. Uh, it's not something that you can expect day in and day out. We hope for it. You hope that you get those kind of results. You know, on a much larger scale. Uh, you know, we get a we get a larger sample size going here. You know, you hope that that trend continues down the line, right?
0: And that was but, uh, uh, Carlos Rodan a couple of years ago. Right. It, it, we Absolutely. were all kind 100%. of waiting. And then, of, of course, he kind of he fell off towards the end of that season. You know, I think it was just it, it got to him, man, the endurance. Um, he was kind of in our yeah, and territory. Same. And we were – but he carried that pitching staff for a while. I mean, it, it was like we were waiting for that bubble to burst. And, and that's happened before with rotations uh, where – wow, where'd this guy come from? Or this guy all of a sudden has figured it out and we're all waiting. When's the drop-off? When's, and there is no drop-off. Like he, well, maybe that's the
1: banister effect.
0: <laughs> I've been wondering when we'd see a banister effect. It could be. Uh, Grafol has talked about how amazing some of the Pitch grips and mechanics you've seen so (laughs) early in camp are so. Uh, we shouldn't, we shouldn't take, we shouldn't laugh about that. Maybe guys are dialed
1: in, pit they're, 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 they're ready to go with their new pitch grips. Pitch grips look great.
0: Yeah. Uh, So, Pete, (laughs) speaking of pitching, uh, there was a transaction today uh, here. Here we are, uh, Danny Miller. This is from uh, MLB Trade Rumors. Uh, White Sox officially announced their previously reported trade with the Cubs acquiring left-hander Bailey Horn uh, to open a spot for Horn on their 40-man roster. They have moved, of course, Jesse Schultons to the 60-day injured list. Uh, He's going to have to have Tommy John. And uh, the Sox sent to the Cubs. Uh, Matthew Thompson. Uh, I'm assuming uh, you and Ian have have talked about not only Bailey Horn but also Matthew Thompson over the years for White Sox Daily. What were your reactions uh, when you heard about this transaction?
1: Uh, well, first of all, I was wondering why. You know, <laughs> uh, it didn't come out until later. I mean, honestly, you're you're trading a, a prospect that's struggled a bit for another prospect that struggled a bit. Neither one of them has really made. Uh, neither one of them made the impact that they kind of hoped for, you know, when they were drafted, uh, the reunion with Bailey horn. Sure. Fine. It's great. He's not going to crack the top 30 on anybody's list in the white Sox organization. Uh, but really the question was why. And then we found out shortly after, and that was to make um, room. If originally it was to make what we thought was to make room for, you know, Cody Bellinger to be signed for the the cubs they had to open up a a roster spot but it turns out the white Sox had to open up a roster spot too
0: yeah what were your thoughts on matthew thompson is it uh kind of a lateral trade is it you just you know what's the point (laughs) well matt thompson uh you know he's
1: been in the the system for a few years now and uh it it (laughs) It just never worked out there was a time when i've heard that
0: before with certain uh, yeah right
1: well i mean you know they were they were all kind of hyped up him dalquist and uh uh jared kelly were all kind of hyped to be you know the next rising stars to come through the system and all three of them have kind of struggled to get going uh shockingly enough ian and i didn't talk much about bailey horn ever So, uh, you know, it wasn't that there wasn't expectations for him. I just don't think that he was on the same level of expectations of any of those other three guys. So when you see that uh, the Cubs are taking Matt Thompson and giving us Bailey Horn back, it it just, it's one of those things that I I, I don't, I'm not mad about it because I know the guy just had high expectations and didn't, he just failed to meet them. You know, and I'm not poo-pooing on the guy. Uh, he was thrown into a, a situation where he basically dominated his entire life. And now he's got to play against better talent. And, you know, uh, I think he kind of plateaued. Uh,
0: yeah. It, uh, basically, Horn is just a, it's a fun name to say, you know. Uh, it is.
1: And, you uh, know, if he can fix command issues, he, he could be somebody. But, I, you know, it's something they've been working on for years and it's never materialized for him
0: either. Uh, speaking of uh, fun names to say uh, we got our first taste of uh, John Shriffen, uh, the play-by-play a man for the Chicago White Sox the the man in charge um he called a couple games Friday and Saturday i don't know if you caught any of the audio or a- any of the back and forth between him and stone
1: uh, i did actually and uh you know like we spoke about a few weeks ago my only uh my only background on him was watching highlight videos, right? And I went back and looked on YouTube and, and Twitter and found some video of him. And unfortunately, when you do that, you kind of come up with highlight real calls, right? You know, you get a lot of football that he did. And those those plays, those highlight type plays, probably pretty easy for most sports announcers to get hyped up and, and get rolling and sound good. Uh, you know, obviously some do it better than others, but he sounded great in those clips. But uh, what I heard from him so far in Sox Spring is he actually works well with Steve, which Steve Stone's going to raise anybody's game. Mm -hmm. I think he's just that good. Uh, But I really like John. I think he made some really good calls. Uh, He made some fun calls. You know, we had the diving catch the other day that I heard, uh, you know, uh, a a blurb on. I didn't get a chance to see it, but uh, I heard him get a little hype for that. And I heard uh, another uh, home run shot call that was uh, pretty good. So. You know, early on, is he perfect? No. But uh I think, you know, just as you and I are going to take some time to gel, you know, here we and we were afforded that opportunity having Ian on with us before. We we're both pretty comfortable with him. But you know, I, I think uh I think good things can come from him being in the box with Steve. Yeah, I yeah, you know for, he's not for- Jason, but
0: no and and I think that's going to be the problem and that was Benetti's problem when he took over Hawk. Uh you know of course Hawk kind of fell off over the last you know couple of years of his run and there was a, an icy relationship between Stone and and uh, him himself but I grew up listening to Pachoric and Hawk and uh that was just the soundtrack of my summers you know uh, Rooney and Farmer in the car when we were going anywhere uh on the Green radio Great combo you, so, know, Wimpy, yeah, like great combo. Was, you know be like so just- you know you're you're comparing the, the the current to the previous and uh Benetti you know he had his own kind of thing, right? He he had his own he was different, he had his own way of doing things. Uh he had his own kind of personality, how he wanted to run a game. Uh you know, and he obviously had a lot of other stuff going on. He's a professional broadcaster. I thought he I thought he got along with Stone pretty well. I thought he brought the best out of Stone, something that you know wasn't happening with Hawk towards the later years there um so yeah it's going to take some time with Schriffin i mean the Sox hired in my mind a professional broadcaster and that's what he sounds like right now i mean to to react anymore of is, is just an extreme overreaction but that's what we're doing right just to just to talk about him at all after a couple games is a re- is an overreaction but that's all we've got uh you know he's i think he's going to have to I want him to just be a little bit more uh, in tune to like, you know, just like White Sox history, which is going to take time. It's going to it's going to take time for for me to listen to him and feel like like this is like second nature talking about the White Sox. And he can compare maybe other players or other eras or, you know, different things that have happened uh, throughout the history. Just like a like a like a second language, you know, that's going to take time. And, and that's like just me as a fan, what I like, you know, out of hearing somebody in the booth, uh, Hawk lived it, right? Like Hawk, like was around for every big thing for many, many years. Benetti grew up a, a sax fan. Schreffen's kind of brand new to Chicago and the all altogether. So uh, yeah, I got to, I got to wait. He's he, he'll get better. But I think to your point, what we can hope for right now is that there's just chemistry between Shriffen and and stone and they both, you know, try to help each other out, make each other better. And, you know, what a great guy to have, I think in the booth when you have got young pitchers, which the Sox do is Steve stone. I mean, whatever you think about him on social media, I mean, he is a great listen when it comes to pitching and I hope Shriffen taps into that with, with all the arms that we're going to see this spring and beyond. 100% one hundred percent you know Steve Stone might as well have a
1: crystal ball up there half you know more than half the time I mean you listen to the guy he's telling you what the next pitch is is gonna be now you know part of that comes from being you know former pitcher himself but also par- comes from being a student of the game he's kept up with all the changes that have been made out th- throughout you know time uh Steve stone might be a little bit long in a tooth but continues to change and evolve with the game and you know if john Triffin can it can pick up any of that from him i think we might have ourselves a decent combo you know but it, that remains to be seen right
0: yeah it, it's it's terribly early but you know we we got a taste of it over the first couple of games and uh friday of course was absolutely rough uh against the cubs uh, but you know i didn't mind the I didn't mind the broadcast It's gonna take me just a little bit of time um and and honestly i I was around Hawk for so long and and I just loved Hawk i i, I loved him because he he emulated i think how like a lot of fans felt you know like he was angry he was pissed there was there were quiet he was a definite moments. Homer. I mean he wasn't polished yeah and and I like that and when you're listening to your home team, you want somebody in your corner. You know, and he just, he just had that emotion and that feeling and and he went together so well with Uh And then Benetti, you know, just a professional broadcaster, but he brought a lighter side to it. He had some quirks and and I think he brought some fun uh, out of Steve Stone. You know, I think he brought some youth out of Steve Stone. And so... Uh, we'll see how this goes. Uh, hopefully, you know. Again, they just are getting along and and it, they like each other because it'll show through a broadcast. Well,
1: listen, this is this is one more reason why I say why are we broadcasting more games? Yeah. Why don't we have the guys in the booth working together more? It's spring training for them too, especially when you've got a new pairing. Yeah. But, I, you know, I won't beat that horse.
0: And 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 so <laughs> many ways to do it. I feel like there's so many opportunities and you know everybody's yeah all these streaming services and and the way
1: that baseball is broadcast out there in so many different ways now like we should have we should have more than five televised games
0: and and you might say look I'm not gonna you know I'm just not gonna watch it I'm not gonna invest but you know if it's on in the evening as an encore I I think you'll tune in and and if you just don't know this team That, that I'm watching this team on Friday and Saturday I'm like who are these guys you know, I mean, you know, you, you read up on it and, and there's been, you know, enough articles and what have you on, on kind of like some of the off season developments. And I try to follow this team as close as I absolutely can. And I know you do as well and, and so many others. But still, there's something to match a name to a face and, and, and everything like that. This is the year where I, I, I would like to watch more games because there's so many question marks out there.
1: Yeah, agreed 100 percent And I do want to address a question in the chat. By the way, guys, uh, thank you for really rolling. The chat's been rolling tonight, uh, almost to the point where, you know, we can't keep up without getting off topic. Uh, so I apologize for us not getting more involved there, but uh I do want to address this one question by Jukey Holick. Uh he says us Royals fans spring train with the rod with the Rangers, excuse me. Uh, and was asked if that was normal. Is there a stadium that Chicago Shocks share in spring training? And the answer to that is yes. We share a facility with the team they played against uh, this afternoon, the uh, Los Angeles Dodgers. So Camelback Ranch is a, a two-team facility.
0: Yeah, it's it's a it's a beautiful facility. I think um, I'll be out there uh, in a, in a couple weeks, actually. Um, seeing some Tim Hill action and uh, Mike Moustakas. By the way, uh, speaking of Mike Moustakas, Danny, um, John Schriffen <laughs> just about <laughs> lost his mind when Mike Moustakas made an over-the-shoulder catch. I believe it was Future Sox that tweeted it out. I saw the video. He made an over-the-shoulder catch uh, running towards right field in foul territory. And Schriffen, man, it, don't tell him it's just spring training. I mean, he opened up. the excitement meter was off the charts
1: yeah and that's that's kind of why i was saying i I feel like he's gonna be okay because uh you know as it was again pointed out in our chat the hosts always seem to show their love for the white Sox, whether they've been here for forever or they're brand new and uh yeah hearing that call was uh was something for sure
0: uh I don't know if you've caught uh, anything from Ken Rosenthal just uh, recently, maybe uh, today, a couple days ago, but uh from what he is talking about in terms of White Sox camp, that there's positive vibes uh, going around. Uh, I did catch so, that. There's some <laughs> excitement, and you know, I, I and I've so, I've seen some arguments on social media. I've seen some folks really starting to talk themselves into already. And I'm not telling anybody how to fan, man. That's that's point number one. You fan how you want to fan. And, you know, I have not seen anything yet to get me at all thinking of like, well, this team could be hanging around and, in, in, you know, by the deadline or anything like that. Uh, but I have seen some, some conversation of, well, you know, if this goes and this goes and you, you never know. The the positive vibes things is wonderful. Of course, you want that, but it's the beginning of spring training, Danny. It's like you'd expect <laughs> positive vibes. Yeah, you know? absolutely. it's like you're in that honeymoon phase right now, where baseball is back. We get to play a, a child's game in beautiful weather, and and there's guys that are in new uniforms, change the scenery. Um, yeah, whole oh, new uniforms that going.
1: On. New uniforms for the whole league. <laughs> <laughs> right.
0: That's right. <laughs> it
1: was a oh. big topic here recently. Oh, oh man. Yeah, there's a handful of guys out there that uh, you know th- they needed uh, some pixelated uh, screens to go out to the you know go out on the field up there. Woof. Those uh, those pants are something, huh?
0: Yeah, those are. Uh, I was telling Pat on Good Guys Talk Back. Those are the. You know those those pants. You'd go into like Sport Mart or, or Sports Authority or something <laughs> years ago, and you're looking to like you've got like a, a beer league softball team or something, or you're, you're just looking for like some baseball pants. And you've got those almost transparent with the drawstring that you got to just you know don on. And th- those pants are uh, not good. I, the lettering, you know, I, I'm a jersey guy, but I don't have a lot of like stitched name jerseys. I've got two. I've got a Canerico and I've got a Burley with the, oh, with my the big is my letters you had those made at, at grandstand uh, several years ago which is an outstanding place to get your jerseys uh, they do fine work uh these just the the look is not good um you know and I, I it sounds like there's a bit of an uproar too with players uh so it's not just a fan thing
1: yeah i mean the mlbpa the players union came out and said like hey you know we're uh, we're gonna file a, a, an official protest on this stuff. Like you guys need to get this fixed and figured out before a regular season starts because this is trash. I mean, some of those th- those pants are waffer thin. For those of you who might get that reference, but uh, yeah, uh,
0: yeah, they're uh, they're someone mentioned they're paper uh, thin. during some of those uh, drizzle games, those rain games. Uh, even like when it's getting really hot and, and you know, G leader used to sweat through his Jersey uh, just about the first or second inning. Uh, it's not going to leave a lot to the imagination uh, in, in those new uh, pants and jer and tops.
1: Yeah, no, I, I'm just, I mean, I'm waiting for the moment where somebody goes to, like steal second base and slides and just shreds those pants and nothing looking like Fred Flintstone out there. You know what I mean? Like it, it's, it's not going to be a good look. But, uh, yeah, I don't know. We were getting a little carried away on on the uniform thing. I would like to go back, you know, kind of what you were talking about and guys and, and the vibe and, and yeah. guys being, you know, like you said, guys in new uniforms, not the paper thin uniforms, but guys switching teams and, uh, you know, finding new homes. And it is the first, you know, few weeks where these guys are actually getting to, uh, see each other's full squad, even players, you know, teammates that have been playing together for a few years, you know, some of these guys may not have seen each other over the winter, you know, you're getting everybody together Uh, in the White Sox uh, situation. There are, you know, new members of staff, uh, not just coaches and, 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 uh, you know, heads of departments like, you know, Bannister and and guys of that nature and Josh Barfield. But, you know, we've heard reports that the, the Sox have just added, Numbers to their staffs, you know, behind the scenes, guys that can get one, more one-on-one time and and not be ignored during spring training, where you've got all your coaches working with the major league team, while your minor leagues guys don't even start until the middle of the afternoon because well, we just don't have anybody to work with you right now because everybody's working with the MLB club, and the Forty Man. uh you know, those are all positive things, and it's easy to have that positive vibe, like you're saying, again there's going to be a lot of moving parts to keeping this team and that, that C word again, that culture and mm-hmm. those good vibes going in the right direction. Uh, the Sox are hanging their hopes on a lot of, you know, what ifs and, and a lot of, well, hope, you know, we hope to stay healthy. We hope that we have the best season out of, you know, Luis Robert, Yoan Moncada, uh, Eloy Jimenez, Andrew Vaughn, you know, uh, Benintendi, all all the guys that, you know, we're we're expecting to be, you know, the everyday players on this ball club. Uh, You know, we're hoping that the culture does change. We're hoping that our pitching staff that we, you know, we did some bargain hunting, but, you know, guys that show promise, we're hoping those guys turn the corner. There's a lot of hopes and we're wait, we're hoping for a lot of things to fall into place just to get to that 70 yeah. 75 win team. You know what I mean? So yeah, the vibes are great right now. But I I wouldn't be shocked if it all collapsed before June.
0: Yeah, I mean it's, it's kind of a perhaps a, a White Sox fans mentality and and I I put myself in that uh I'll, I'll own that because of what we've gone through the last couple of years we've played that hope game that you know i see your this might be number seven for you i know someone's been counting in the chats
1: well uh, it's 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 seven uh i think the so stream elements we you know we got to work on that stream elements has uh got me it counted the one off screen before the show last week and is now uh is basically it, it's just a running counter now this is not seven for this
0: particular show. This is 3 for this show.
1: So I, I guess we're just going to do get, a season
0: total at this yeah, point. I don't I don't know. I might need to get a bell or something and just ding it uh when you light light <laughs> up um we can we can do that. Uh, I can figure that out. Uh yeah, so well, I was, was know, just
1: talking about collapsing vibes and I'm like, "You know what? That calls for a <laughs>
0: <leader."> <laughs> uh, Look, I I I love that it's positive. You know, that's great. You know, it's great that everybody's getting along. I mean, that's a good foundation to start. Can it translate into wins? You know, uh, we're not the only team that is hoping for health and and a return to accustomed levels. I mean, it's not like the other teams, not only in our division, but the rest of the league and beyond are saying, you know what? We're going to stand pat here. Let's let the White Sox catch up. Let's them figure it out so they can be on the same playing field. Everybody's looking to advance it. And they, they might look at us and say, well, I'm not too concerned about the socks," And they might just want to stomp on our throats and say, I'm going to have no mercy towards this team. I'm even going to give them a chance. So uh, that, that's where this group, that whatever they do, they buy into Grifol. They, you know, uh, they're, they're playing for, you know, their job, their uh, things click, whatever that is, this fast mentality, uh, this acronym fast. that, uh, you know, Pedro Graffol has unleashed. They buy into it, and they can live up to it with performance. And and I think there is something about health, like just general, like can you last as a young pitcher that might not have done this before? You know, can you log the innings for a full season? You know, can you hang around? Uh, will the endurance keep up? You know, I I don't know. Uh, I I'm, I'm skeptical, but I'm looking forward to seeing it. Yeah, and
1: and just for those of you who are not. Uh, Familiar. I mean, you have to be living under a rock at this point to not know what the 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 whole fast thing is for the White Sox. But you know, Pedro came out and said that they've. He's been saying that they want to be fast for months. But uh, we just recently learned that that is an acronym for fearless, aggressive, selfless, and what the the uh, technically technically sound technically sound was the was the final one. So yeah again sounds great Pedroisms, you know uh i think we're gonna get a, a pretty good list of Pedroisms going on gonna here Be a
0: lot of jokes I, like that throughout
1: the, i, I the, think he's he he yeah. might be the next yogi Berra. you know we're gonna <laughs> we're gonna get a bunch of uh you know Yogiisms out of pedro
0: yeah i mean you know my thoughts on on pedro i i why I is he still be- here exactly. yeah i'm with you um i don't think he's the right person <laughs> but if he's got some people around him that are going to listen to him, uh, if that was the case last year, he had guys that, that wouldn't buy in. I, I don't know what it is, but um, you know, w- we'll see here. I, I, you know, there's a lot of spring left. Um, there really is uh, one quick thing uh, before we, you know, say goodbyes. Uh, I saw this and I think you did too. Uh, the hundred level, which is kind of the coveted level at Sox park for the, for most people, you know, your lower bowl has been really off limits for a long period of time to upper deck ticket holders. If you're in the 500 level, there is just for, I would say most of the game, sometimes they ease that restriction, you know, in September when, when obviously it's, it's spiraled out of control. But they, they keep that pretty strict, especially on Fridays and Saturdays when there's larger crowds or it's a giveaway. If you've got a 500 ticket, you are not getting down to the lower level. I have not experienced that in any other ballpark. And I've been to man over 20 of them uh, traveling around, seeing the White Sox play. I, I'm free to go wherever I want, unless, of course, an area is under construction or something, obviously. Sounds like those restrictions are going to be lifted, Danny. And you might be able to to just to go wherever you want, no matter what ticket you have.
1: Yeah. I wonder how that makes season ticket holders on the lower level feel. Uh, you know, they're paying a, a, a premium price for premium seating. Uh, you know, I, I don't really know. Uh I I am not currently a season ticket holder. Uh, I will say this, though. I, I, aside from that, I feel like it's probably one of those things that maybe Jerry and his uh, marketing department feel like uh, it might be a good move for them simply because, I, one, you know, when your attendance isn't great, like it wasn't the second half of last season, and, and you know, hasn't really been the, the, the second half for many years before they were in that and i'm gonna use my air quotes contention window Mm -hmm. uh i feel like uh you know the upper deck isn't really all that busy anyway so you could probably limit the amount of vendors you have open up there so that's gonna save him some dollars let's you know let's be honest jerry's got less people to pay uh which actually i I not even sure that's how that works i think they might be paid by uh,
0: well i mean I, I think you're just you know yeah the the different food options whatever vendors like you just you don't have to uh you don't have to fill those spots up there right I, you uh, know, customer you service
1: reps that you're, are going to be farther and fewer between you know, there's, a, there's a there's a souvenir security. shop
0: there's there's a mini like uh beer cave uh you know there's there's stuff up there that they try to give you a taste of what the hundred level is but it's obviously not Yeah, they
1: opened those new porches or whatever they want to call those up last season Yeah, which, yeah you know, they were like cool i think for- it was
0: a high life landing or blue moon landing there was there were a couple of those uh yeah so you know you want to limit the staff that you're that you're going to have up there and you're going to let just folks go down and, and get a taste of what they can at the 100 level. I think attendance is going to be extremely low this year. Yeah. Uh, we we always know April, May are tough. Once school gets out, once the summer months pop and it starts getting warm, things pick up well, yeah, a little bit. Especially it's on the still
1: weekend. cold here early on in the season. It, it right? is, so.
0: it is. But I, I think it's going to be terribly low. I think you know it's just a matter of will they tarp off certain sections in the 500 level and just you know give it that look. Like that's not even an option. Uh, try to fill the lower bowl a little bit more for, for TV. I, I don't know if that even matters, but uh and this really is probably gonna be odd to any baseball fan from a different team of like, why are you guys talking about this? Because this hasn't happened in a long, long time uh for Sox fans attending games.
1: Yeah. Uh you know, and I saw something on social media earlier today that, you know, once this was uh you know, once this would became a, a, a thing and I'm not sure how much I believe it, but somebody was trying to explain why the Sox had come up with this policy, you know, years ago, and it, it, they said something about there were, you know, people from the upper levels coming down to the lower levels and starting fights or having some kind of some sort of, you know, uh, some sort of bad, you know, mojo going on, and that was what forced them into kind of splitting you know upper right. levels from lower levels and, and and having to sit in your assigned seats and you know you had the, the guest service representatives you know checking tickets at the top of the concourse and, and that whole thing. I you know I'm not sure how that is but we can't take a couple of isolated incidents and change the way things are done basically throughout baseball like you're saying where you're going to multiple stadiums uh, sometimes a few in in a, in a single season, you know, traveling with the ball club, or just happen to be somewhere where you're catching a game at a different stadium, and none of those other stadiums are like that. And and I think the White Sox are really catching a lot of flack for a lot of the changes they've made to the you know the fan base, uh, the experience, the game experience, and if, if this is their only attempt at fixing the fan experience, well, I'm going to say it's a pretty weak attempt. Now I'm all for it, you know, at the moment. Uh, And if they start selling out games and they want to, you know, limit that later on, fine, whatever. If you want to, you know, push it back to like the fifth inning, you can go down, you know, whatever. When, if the, you know, the tendency is high and and you don't want overcrowding down below, whatever. But right now I think it's probably, you know, just an attempt to uh, maybe get some more butts in the stadium and, uh, you know, I hope that they make some other changes along the way. I hope that they do some things to enhance the the fan experience and, and you know make sure that they have concessions open in the areas where there are fans and hope those fans are hoping for a beer and a, and, a, and a a dog or a, a burger or whatever it is uh I hope that they fix their security issues to make yeah. things a little bit easier yeah uh, security last year was just. Super awful in the parking lots for tailgating, you know they banned the whole thing with the mm-hmm. umbrellas and tents and that whole nine yards, and they were even like pushing people you know it used to be you could gather gather your group in a circle so that everybody could kind of mingle and talk together and they were just pushing everybody up against the aisles right up against your bumpers. I even seen a guy get his barbecue pushed up against his car, and it actually <laughs> splattered some grease in the car and did some damage to his paint because they told him he was too far out in the aisle yeah Uh, that's something that needs to be cleaned up you know I don't know it felt like they were just doing everything they could uh, to step on their dicks
0: (laughs) I've I've said to people it's not a bad stadium when you travel around to other stadiums I I get it, it, it it's old but it's not a bad stadium how it's run it makes that's it a whole nother that's a whole nother story. How this how it's run from the outside and the inside getting into the stadium, how things go inside, that the stuff you're talking about with you know security and tailgating, there, how they can can't figure out parking, all how all that is run gives it a, a really bad look. But the actual stadium, I, I don't I don't mind it. You know, it doesn't have the crazy great, you know, uh, views that everybody gets all hot and bothered about and and all the other stuff in a yeah but you're there to watch a baseball game yeah to me
1: do i need to see downtown in the background i mean it would have been fantastic if they could have turned that stadium around the other way but again you're still five miles away from from those big buildings anyway so like had they turned that stadium around would it would it really be all that impressive to begin with anyway no but the stadium itself the, the the changes that they've made since opening that blue concrete bowl, uh, back in the day, they've made some fantastic changes Yeah, and it is a great stadium. They just need to work on the the fan experience and the way
0: they operate at that stadium. Next time, Danny, we're going to have a bunch of spring training games to talk about. Uh, you know, perhaps we might see some of, you know, our starters or, our maybe our earmarked starters get some innings right now. It's been a lot of relievers as uh, Pedro told us uh, before games even started. That's what we've been getting, you know, and by the time we talk next time, yeah, we might see some guys uh, that we uh, can say, yeah, I, I know. I know I'll see that guy at 35th and shields uh, as we move forward. Uh, always a pleasure, buddy, talking with you.
1: Yeah. You know what, Nick? Uh, I, I, again, I, this is a great form of therapy to be able to sit here and talk <laughs> White Sox baseball. I know that uh, Chicago, some folks are saying, you oh, know, this, this crazy weather in February is no good. You know, uh, I am not going to look a gift horse in the mouth. And it feels like baseball should be played when we get 70 degree weathers at uh, 70 degree day like we do to uh, today. And probably, you know, after tomorrow being a cold one, it's going to go right back into there for at least another week or so here i'm looking forward to more baseball
0: yeah all, all those high school high school college you know you're outside practicing now and you're not stuck in a gym somewhere you know hitting off a tee or whatever you're out there getting some and you're you're loving this type of weather that's for sure so it feels uh, like i want to thank winter, winter. Uh, everybody for jumping in in the chat watching tuning in uh, you can find the audio absolutely everywhere Head over to Future yeah, Sox. Yeah, a handful of
1: new subscribers today. Yeah. Thank you yeah. for
0: that. Uh, check out all the other great stuff happening with Future Socks. Uh, that's Uh He's Danny Miller. I'm Nick Murawski. Uh Until next time, go socks.